0: This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. If you're following along with the Find Your People book club, this week we'll be reading chapter three. Well, guys, it has been an incredible few weeks. I am so grateful for you. I am first grateful for the fact that this book is going out into the world you're reading it you're telling me the the small and big ways you're changing and i am overwhelmed and tremendously grateful for you telling friends and for you actually internalizing this and and wanting to live differently so yay for that i'm really grateful if gatherings just were a few weeks out from that gosh that was life changing i'm so grateful For all of you that participated, all of you If Local leaders that hosted in your places, it was just tremendous. The number of people that joined, the stories that are coming out of that as well, overwhelmed. So today we are talking about neediness. (laughs) Not my favorite word. I don't even know why this is so hard for me, but if you've read any of the book, you know this is hard for me. I am not good at expressing my needs. I am not great at feeling my needs. The irony is I'm in a little bit of a season where that has become impossible. And I am weary and I'm having to be honest about that. I'm having to even the beginning of if gathering, I got up there and said, hey, you know, I'm leading tired right now. And I'm headed into a break, which is great. We planned that for a year now. We've been working hard to, to clear my schedule where that's possible. But It's hard to be needy. It's hard to admit that you don't feel good and that you don't have what it takes for you to keep going. Yeah, it's not my favorite (laughs) someone living it. Even currently, you definitely can read it in the book that this is hard for me. But even today, it's been hard for me to let people down, to say no, to do what I need to do to take care of myself and my family and to be not a superhuman, right? So- why is it so hard though? Why why are we so against it? Because it's very biblical. It's very clear throughout scripture that this is how we were built. We were built frail. We were built finite. We were built needing to sleep and go to the restroom and eat and drink. Like we we weren't built to have everything to contain all that we need in ourselves. We have to depend on other people just to survive from the time we are born. And so that is the story of all the humans, every one of them, including Jesus when He came to earth. Now, we all know He is all-powerful. It says in Philippians that He did not consider equality with God something to be used to His own advantage. Rather, He made Himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled Himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." And so there's this idea that he yielded all, his all-powerfulness to become like humans so that in the regard of needing people and depending on others he did it. He was a baby in a manger. Like he had to eat. He was dependent on people just like all of us. And and that dependence really showed throughout his life. He asked people to pray for him. He asked people for water. He asked people for food. He pulls Zacchaeus out of a tree and says, Hey, can we come over to your house and eat? He showed his his need for people throughout his life, even though we all know he could turn, you know, rock into bread. He didn't. He he depended on people. He sat down with people. He let them feed him. He he let you know Mary pour oil on his feet and wash his feet. He he received even love and affection. And he was God. You know, he he didn't actually need anybody, but but he chose to because He was showing us how to be human. He was showing us that in our humanness, we depend on each other. But you see, even in the dance of the Trinity, you see dependence. You see Jesus asking the Father for things. You see Jesus sending the Spirit where He can't be. You see the dance of the Trinity producing dependence. And it is in His very nature that He chooses that, that He chooses to be in an interdependent relationship with the Trinity. And even in the way He yields to us with the work that happens on earth, right? He tells us that even the rocks could cry out and bring worship, but we were the ones that are to do that. We are the called ones that are to be set apart and to worship God with our mouths and with our hands and with our lives. And so... There's a sense that He partners with us in in, in interdependence to accomplish His purpose on earth. He could cause anything to happen, but He chooses to work beside us and with us. In fact, He says that He makes us, He reconciles us to Himself, and then we become ambassadors for Christ, that we take the message of Christ. To the world. And that's the story that God has built in and through us. And it is the greatest desire of God that we would be dependent first on Him and second, interdependent on each other, accomplishing the purposes of God. You see it in Corinthians. You see that there are many parts, but one body, Christ as the head. And that if each person is playing their part, then there is health. And if one person does not play their part, whatever their part is, even if it's not an honorable part, then The body's sick. The body's not well. So this interdependence, is. he's really clear. It matters. It matters how we're in relationship with him. It matters how we're in relationship with each other. Why do I start with this big, long, preachy lecture? Well, because the theology of our dependence on each other matters. And what you believe about how God built you to need other people matters. And when your head is in the game of, you know what, it isn't more godly to try to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and to get your crud together all on your own. That's not the story of God we're supposed to. In fact, it says in Scripture that you are to go to other people and to confess your sin. Why would you do that? If you're forgiven by God when you confess to God, why would you go to someone else? Why would He call us to do that? And it's because of our healing, it says, that that you confess your sins one to another so that you may be healed. And so we know that there is great power in relationship, supernatural power in relationship. He describes it in the form of submission to a local church. He describes it in the form of friendship and confessing sins. He describes it in that we are to admonish and comfort one another. There is constant scripture that builds a theology of interconnectedness and interdependence. And yet we think there is something noble and something godly And something even superhuman and and admirable in people that don't need others. And it's so messed up. And I'm so tired of us all living this way. It's lonely and sad, and it's not working. One of the most powerful phrases you can say in life is, I need help. I need help to say it to God, to say it to others. It's miserably vulnerable. And I'll never tell you that this should be easy. It's not easy. It goes against our flesh desire to be the bomb, to be the ish, to be awesome, right? But it's just—I don't think it's even in us anymore to pretend. I think we all know. In fact, that you're probably here because you're tired and because you're looking for hope and you're looking for how to do life in a more meaningful way that that causes thriving. And and so let me just tell you that that road of isolation and of independence, it is not going to work for you. And the road to dependence and connection is awkward and your pride dies and it's the greatest choice you could ever make. I'll just pull from my life right now and just tell you that it is embarrassing to need other people to feel like I have to ask for help from my team for things that I used to be very energetic and capable of doing it's embarrassing to feel so tired that you have to just let people down and yet I'm also what am I embarrassed about right like yeah I'm I'm imperfect yes I have limits yes I need help and you know what <laughs> this is what happened recently I've been a little nervous with my team because we're taking a break right now. We we canceled IF LEAD. We canceled a lot of things this year. And it kind of leaves them stranded. And And certainly not all of them are tired. Some of them are. They've been with me for nine years and they're getting a break this summer. But some of them are, are kind of new staff and they're excited and ready to change the world. And, and I felt worried about my team of just leaving them hanging because I don't know the next step. And But I've just tried to be honest and and bring them into it and tell them, you know, I just am waiting on God and I don't want to brainstorm something and just come up with what I think we're supposed to be doing. I really want to wait and hear from Him. And I think to do that, I think I need to rest. And so I'm just going to obey and, and do these steps that feel not flashy, that feel like I'm disappointing people. I say all that and I'm burdened for them the last few months because if just ended and, and I knew it would and I knew we'd get to the other side and there would be a little bit of a loss of what now? And one of my coworkers and friends, Tracy, we were celebrating if gathering, and and she looked at me and said, "I just want you to know, Jenny, that we're here because you don't know what you're doing. We're here because we trust you that you're waiting on God and that you're hearing from Him, and and I want you not to worry about us. Like we respect this season that we're in, and and it's okay. Like you don't have to have the answers, and you don't have to have the vision all scripted out for us. Like we'll wait and we'll follow God with you, and." Oh, I just started bawling because it just was this grace that I needed to be where I am, which is needy and unclear, and waiting and resting and wishing that I wasn't in this season, but trusting that I am. And I'm growing in this, guys. Like, I'm growing and just being honest. It brings you closer to people. Like, my team that day just got to support me and love me in a way that. They wouldn't have needed to if I just walked in all cloud nine. We just killed it at if. What's next? What's our next mountain? Let's go. Like, win, go fight, win. Like, I'm just not that girl right now. And I'm not saying I never am. Some days, authentically, that's where God has me, but not in this season. And they were able to just minister to me because I let them and because I let them know what my needs are and what's hard and what's broken right now and what I don't know, not just what I know, but what I don't know. I think so often humility is something that we prize and want in our lives, but it comes from recognizing our station and position. And our station and position is that of a fleeting person that, that won't belong. I, I think of a scripture where it says people are like grass. <laughs> like they they grow and they live and they, and they die. And there's a lot of them, <laughs> you know, it's such a sad verse. But something about it also is really comforting to just own that and to go, you know, I'm not going to be here long. I want my life to matter in so much as God has it to matter, but not more than that and not in ways that bring glory to myself or my capabilities or my gifts or my strengths, but that cause me to boast in the Lord. And, and the way we boast in the Lord, Scripture says, is, is in our weakness, so that Christ is made great through our weakness. So this is the story of humans and God. This is the story of the Bible that inadequate people trusted God and He did great things with their lives, but not through their massive strengths and capacities, through their humble prayers and dependence. I think of Moses and how Aaron had to hold his arms up and and speak for him. He couldn't even speak without a stutter or something that was wrong with his voice. And so, you know, God God likes and delights over team projects, (laughs) over, over us expressing our need and depending on others. That's one of the roles and powers of connection is it comes through our weakness. It comes through borrowing things instead of buying them. It comes from Asking for help instead of doing it yourself. It comes from inviting people into a project rather than strong arming it into existence. It's just so much more fun that way, too. It's so much more rewarding that way to do it with a team, to do it beside people that are fighting for you and with you. Listen, I know this isn't easy, but I promise you, I promise you, it is worth it. And I just think today, this is. We're wrapping up right here. I just want you to call somebody and tell them. Tell them that you need them and and tell them how or why and say, you know, today, I just need to go to lunch and I need to cry. Or today, I just need you to go shopping with me and help me pick out an outfit for this project I have at work. Or today, I need you to help me figure out this problem at work. I'm stuck. I do not know what to do or where to go. Help. Or parenting. Gosh, guys, I mean... It takes a village to raise kids and, and asking for help, what would you do in this situation? That is how my kids have turned out, is I have asked for help again and again and again and gotten advice. Ask for help. I promise you, it will bring that connection that you're craving. Well guys, it's season 10 of the Made For This podcast and you will not wanna miss a single episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review so that other people can find the show too. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Made for This podcast.